don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them they look beautiful? All right. Go ahead to the left and to the right. To the left and the right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Appreciate the Spirit of the Lord that's here and the ministry of His Spirit that I feel this morning. Um, if, you've, if you've come here a time or two or a little while, you've hopefully recognized fairly quickly um, that our chief desire is to lift Him up and to follow His Spirit leading. Um, that is our chief desire. And the scripture says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we want him leading us. And in ministry, it's why it's pretty common that you won't necessarily see some prepared, scripted message hopefully being given. There's times, of course, that we teach and we walk through the Word and the Lord deals with us in the area. Uh, and so we'll take time and methodically walk through the Word of God. But even then, we're waiting on the Lord. You've seen that with many different ones. That is our desire. We need to hear what the Lord has to say. Amen? And so important, so important. And I'm thankful for that today. Would you pray with me again right now where you are? And would you talk to the Lord in your way and say, God, you know what's needed in my spirit. And so I'm opening my spirit to you. Are you willing to acknowledge that with him right now? Lord Jesus, you know our frame. You know the way in which we are made. You know our strengths, our weaknesses. You know all there is to know about us. It is you that has made us, not we ourselves. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. I pray today, Father, that our spirit would be open and that you would minister into the spirit of each man, woman, young man, young lady, Father, as only you can. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Uh, I did not prep him, but I'm going to ask you all to come and take a minute. And uh, I don't know if that will be a minute or two. And so he just got noticed just now. Um, so I'm asking him to come. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Sorry, I just popped in a giant uh, cough drop. So if you hear that sort of swishing around, I apologize. But um, <laughs> makes things, it make, takes, you know, the edge off a little bit when you maybe have some nerves of two-second notice, right? But I, um, I, it's funny because sometimes, you know, it, well, I, I mean, I, I've been blessed to, to grow up in, in the church and, and with the type of ministry that, uh, that Elder is talking about where we, we desire to wait on the Lord and hear the voice of the Lord above above the voice of man at, at all times and because we know by the word of God that that our words they they mean nothing and 
our flesh profits nothing. And it's only the Spirit of God that, that can bring us any profit or any benefit. And so it's, it's because of that fact that we, that we you know, go through life and say, Okay, God, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my flesh aside and, and try to let your Spirit have, have the upper hand in this day and be Spirit-led so that I will walk in righteousness. And Because I know that, again, in my flesh dwells no good thing. And so because of that, I, I, if I would leave myself to my own devices, I know that, you know, maybe his way would be to walk down this, this path for my day, but in my flesh, I'd, I'd probably go this, this path in, instead. And so it's something, um, something that I, in a way, I've grown up knowing, and, and the understanding of it has, has increased over the years, of course, as, as it should when you, you know, mature and grow in, in knowledge and relationship with the Lord. But recently, um, there's been there's been a few different just kind of concepts and principles that the Lord's been ministering to me and just teaching me. And, and it's amazing how these these things in regard to relationship with God, really a lot of them cross over. And I think I talked about it a few weeks ago, but they cross over so much into our relationships with people, you know. With and this is something the Lord was ministering to me a week or so ago, and and just the way that I think. Because when it comes to, you know, the, the things of this world, there's, there's self-help books, there's parenting books, there's books on how to talk to people, start conversations, there's books on how to think, there's books on public speaking, there's books on everything, there's, there's YouTube videos and all these things educating us, there's, of course, college courses and all these things that teach us how that it's the right way, it's it's the normal way to to do these things, whether it's communicate or just have a relationship and and it's kind of funny. I don't know if it's just because of my my personality, my way of thinking, but um a lot of a lot of my uh kind of my interest is is in some of those things. Uh I I, I really like kind of just reading and understanding and studying like how to think how I can better think, how I can, you know, and, and there's some benefit to some of those things, but what the Lord's been showing me is all those questions, all those things in the world that maybe psychology or philosophy or all these things would teach us, they're, the answers for them are, are in the Word of God. And the way that we are supposed to think, the way that, the way that our mind is supposed to work is always going to be found in the Word of God. And, and it comes back, it comes back to, to those relationships where and I don't know why I guess it was just because it was kind of some practical things that uh, that I I think of kind of often and and I've been reading a couple different books over the summer um, because this has been a process that he's been teaching me but I've been reading um, one book you've probably all heard of it's it's and this is not a commercial but because I'm about to talk against it in a way but but it's this book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> Anyone heard of that? There's like millions of copies sold. Um, and, and there's a lot of good principles in there. And I'm, I remember years ago, the first time I read it, telling my dad, like, man, there's a lot of stuff in here that sounds like biblical principles. <laughs> like, where did this guy get this stuff? You know, I don't think he's a Christian. Anyway, so I've been reading that book a little bit over the summer. And, and then there's this other book, um, I don't know the title of it, but something about like starting conversations and um, I don't. I don't consider myself necessarily socially awkward, but but there's times where because of again maybe the way I think or the way that I would like to have a conversation that 
that it's harder for me sometimes to just carry on a conversation, you know, and in a normal way. And so it's just different things I'd like to understand more, you know, and increase my understanding. And so it's through all that thinking, through that stuff that I've been kind of praying through that that God, um, it was about a week ago that I was just praying r- right here at the front in the sanctuary. And, and the scripture just dropped in my mind that probably heard hundreds of times growing up. Um, but for some reason, it just it was it just opened up in a new way. It was like revelation sort of hit me with a lot of these things I've been thinking about over the whole summer. Uh, and the the verse is in Romans chapter twelve and verse number one and two. If you want to turn there, can't hear my cough drop still. Sorry. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it says, it says this. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And this is how, what kind of sacrifice? A living sacrifice that's holy, that's acceptable unto God, and which is your reasonable service. And then verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the the Lord just, when when this verse came into my mind, it was just a few days after our, our VBS that we had had. And if you were here Sunday, you saw the tabernacle furniture that was still still there on the platform, the altar and the, the ark and those different those different pieces. And and so I couldn't help but think just back to the whole tabernacle plan of, of entering into the outer courts where the altar of sacrifice is and then the, the um, brazen labor and then just all those different things. And, and the first place, you know, the, you go to in the tabernacle is the altar, the altar of sacrifice. And, and then the fact that this verse starts by saying, I, I beseech you by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable for God, which is your reasonable service. And so the Lord started dealing with me about this and, and about my mind and the way that I should think, the way, the way I should think about, you know, being a, being a brother, um, because the scripture talks about Jesus being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And then, you know, I'm, I'm not a father yet, I'm not a husband, um, but, but the scripture talks about how to be a father because the Lord is our father and how to be a husband because, you know, the church is the bride of Christ and he is our husband and then talks about being a son because of just all these things that that there's the way to think and the way that we should have this our mind formed is found in the word of god and so i had all those things in my mind and then the scripture when it came to me and i realized like man this this really is the key this really is the difference to the way that i think is every and the the, the thing about it is and and paul is the writer here and another uh, one of his letters I think it's, and he may say it in multiple places, but I think to, to the Corinthians, he says, I die daily. He, and, and he, obviously he wasn't physically dying every single day, but he was dying out to his will every single day. And, and what I've realized in, in this summer and, and multiple times in my life, but especially this summer, I've realized that, you know, if I, I it's so easy, and someone's made the statement, like, you're most vulnerable kind of to, 
to your flesh or different spiritual things in your sleep. And I realized that kind of during that sleeping time is it's sort of like it resets. You know, you've you've maybe been living for God perfect today, but then you go to sleep and you know you just you don't have all of your your senses maybe at full force and just easy to you know make bad choices. That's why I've never I, I don't I say never, but that's why I now am a a strong uh, supporter of going to bed early, <laughs> just because it's so easy to not think the way that we should think once it's past a certain time, because our bodies just don't function at the same same level that they should be. So that's just a basic, basic principle there. Um, but I realize like every single morning, and it can happen so quick, and it seems like early in the morning, or maybe not even early, but just as soon as you wake up, is when the most kind of bombardment from the enemy comes, or when the most thoughts come from, you know, your flesh saying, man, why don't you just maybe sleep in longer, or why don't you just slack off in this today, you know, it's already this time, you don't need to pray, just move on and, and go do the things that you need to do today, and just all these different things that as soon as you wake up can flood your mind, and, but what I've realized and decided, and I'm doing my best by the grace of God to, to do by the mercies of God, to do is, is every day, every single morning, realize that, you know what, in my own flesh and my ability, I can't, I don't think right, I, you know, I know what I need to do. Like Paul also said, he knows, he knows what he wants to do. His, in his, in his self, he, he has these desires that he wants to fulfill, but because of his flesh that he still lives inside of, that's still the agent for, for us that we live in, there's still these desires for fleshly, for carnal things that would easily try to take us down, that would try to take us again off that course and off that path that God wants us to be on. And so my, my daily just goal and desire is to every morning wake up and say, God, I want to present my body to you, a living sacrifice, because today I need my mind to be renewed so that I can think what I need to think and think how I need to think so that I can then the end result so that I can then fulfill the will of God for today. And I realize that if, if for one moment, if I don't if I don't find that place, find that altar of sacrifice in the morning, and that's why that's why we believe and talk talk a lot about early morning prayer because because it's 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 like the first fruits of your time. Deciding that Lord, I'm going to give you the first fruits of my time because if I don't give you the first of my time, then it, it can all get away from me just like that. If I choose to sleep in until ten o'clock and get up, then there's all these responsibilities and things that are already like. Nope, you got to do this. You got to call this person. You got to go to this appointment. And it's so easy that our mind, we don't even have the chance to get our mind right with God. We don't even have that. We don't even allow God the chance to renew our mind because of all the responsibilities, all the cares of day of the day of our life. And so the Lord's just really been challenging me. And, and there's a lot of other scriptures and things I could go into, but quite simply, and just all I feel to share this morning is, is this principle of of daily waking up and consecration, the, the consecration and dis- discipline of saying, I'm going to find an altar this morning so that my mind can be renewed and so that I can be refreshed. And it, in the book of Acts, I think it's, I believe it's chapter one, it talks about, you know, the Lord has, has just ascended back into heaven. He, he died, he rose again, he spent 40 days with the disciples, and then he ascended back into heaven and they all were just standing there kind of awestruck and like, man, you know, what do we do now? And, and an angel shows up and says, 
what are you guys doing, you know? Quit wasting time. The Lord told you, go tarry in Jerusalem. So go, get, get moving, you know? Go do what you need to do. And um, it was, I believe it was in that same chapter, a few verses later, it says something along the lines of the times of refreshing have come. And I, I believe today and know that we still, we live in that time, time of refreshing. And it's only, it's only refreshing that the Spirit of God can do and produce inside of us. And it's only by His Spirit that we can fulfill and live in His will. And it starts every single day with a sacrifice of my will, sacrifice of my time, saying, God, renew my mind so I can have the mind of Christ. Amen. you to pray with me again I want to talk to him about what you've heard in these last few minutes Jesus in your name you know my frame you know my mind in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we trust in you you are a renewer a restorer you make all things new father we trust you today in Jesus name in Jesus name I woke up about 3:40 this morning and uh and the Lord felt like was speaking to me in that moment and he was speaking to me about the renewing of my mind. Um, I want to go to Romans chapter 11. If the Lord renews your mind, it will change the way you and I think. How do we know he's renewed our mind? We think differently. If I think the same way I've always thought, it's a pretty good indicator he has not renewed my mind. How we think about things, how we think about people, our whole thinking changes. Philippians, I believe it was, Paul challenged the church, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was, he, what was he speaking to? He was speaking to people's patterns of thought. People's patterns of thought. We need the Holy Ghost to renew our mind. And I believe, I know in my life, I need it to happen every single day. Every day. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 Romans 11 and 33. Watch what the writer says here. Oh, the depth of the riches. Anybody interested in riches? I'm interested in this kind. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Now, the way this reads, it's not, not talking about you and I having knowledge of God. It's talking about riches that are God's knowledge. Does that make sense? It's not you and I having knowledge of God. The riches are having God's knowledge, His wisdom, 
Anybody interested in God's wisdom and God's knowledge being shared with you? I am. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. And watch. His ways are past finding out. Now watch the next verse. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. Watch verse 36. This is important. For of him, everybody say of him. And through him, everybody say through him. And to him, you got it now, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Notice, of him, through him, and to him are all things. I'm interested in his wisdom and his knowledge. Now, man put the chapters there. Amen doesn't mean, oh, that's the end. Now we're going to go to something new. Amen simply means it is settled. So the writer of Romans, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the church and he's talking to them about having the wisdom and knowledge of God and how deep the riches of those things are and the mind of Christ who's known it. And he says all these things are of him and through him and to him. Amen. It's settled. What is he doing when he's writing to the Roman church? He's appealing to them to shift from their thinking. Can you imagine what the church in Rome was dealing with? Remember, Rome was the center of the known world at that time. And the Roman army, the Roman rule. And do you think they had any influence on how people thought? Rome was trying to get everybody to think the way they did. There's many things that you and I have in our society today that are still a result of Roman culture in its day. And the establishing of structures and things that they wanted to put in place. And they built these things out and they were trying to bring the whole world to their way of thinking. And the Roman church was right in the middle of that. Now hear me. You and I cannot live and abide in the world that we're in today without it trying to influence constantly the way we think. You ever heard this? You deserve a break today. Where's that from? Is that McDonald's? One, I don't remember one of those. I think it's McDonald's. Um, just do it. Now you think, well, you're talking about marketing stuff. You're selling stuff. I'm telling you, all around us, whether it's marketing, whether it's entertainment, no media, it's trying to influence the world, trying to influence how we think. Who's the God of this world? The adversary is the God of this world. And he's constantly wanting to influence how we think. 
That's why it's so important. We talked about this a few weeks ago that we guard our heart with all diligence because what we allow in through our eyes, through our ears, through our thoughts, what we entertain, what we bring in through every source, you, you name the source. It doesn't matter. Any source that you're allowing to come in, it's going to influence how you and I think. It just happens. Any parents have kids? That was a trick question. You guys were like, what? If you're a parent, you have kids, just saying. Right? You have kids that they go to school or they get new friends, and then all of a sudden they say something you've never heard them say before. And you're like, where'd that come from? You know where it came from. It came from another influence that was coming in and affecting their thinking. I'll never forget. I was going to school. It must have been fourth grade. It was fourth grade. Third grade. Third grade. It was third grade. Third grade. And there was a saying that I don't know where it came from. We didn't have a TV in my home. And so I I, I didn't get all that influence. And I I just, you know, and I, I don't know what was, where it came from. But there was a saying in school that, um, you would ask somebody a question about, you know, who did this or what that. And, and the saying was, I did. What you going to do about it? All right. You know, kids just being, you know, kids. Oh, man. You can probably see where this train wreck's heading, can't you? Oh, man. I'll never forget. We were in my house. And we were getting ready to do a nice family thing. We were getting ready to play a board game. And I had sat it in a uh, not the right spot. It probably should have sat and it wouldn't matter. Not a big deal. But the question was asked of me. Who put that there? If I'd have had the wisdom of God. But I did not have the wisdom of God. I had the wisdom of a child, and I had the wisdom of the, what I'd been hearing. I thought, this is a good... I'd been waiting to use that phrase. Oh, you're laughing now. It was not funny then. And I, I didn't even think. The words came out of my mouth, Brother Flowers. I did. What you going to... Oh, man. It's hard for me to even repeat it right now. I, I was a little knot in my stomach. I, oh, man. I, I, some of you as parents, you're thinking, oh, you didn't. I did. I said, I did. What are you going to do about it? Oh, man. It, in less than 15 seconds, I was no longer sitting in the chair I was in. I was sitting on the floor. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I was... Hearing things around me, and they were, and I, I couldn't get right. My parents couldn't send me to school in bubble wrap and with a bike helmet and cotton in my ears and you know dark tinted glasses and somebody to lead me by the hand. They they had to release me, right? They had to let me go. We can't just cut ourselves off from living. So what do we do? We have to have something done to where we're going. Hold on, I'm going to let the spirit of the Lord work. 
to renew my mind so that I'm yielding to Him as the primary source of thought. Well, how do I make Him the primary source of thought? Well, it starts in prayer. I need to communicate with Him. My wife and I have been married 27 years. She can start a sentence and I can finish it now. I can start a sentence and she'll wait in silence wondering when I'm going to finish it. Just because if she tries to finish it, I'll mess with her and say something different. So I don't want her to know she's figuring me out. And what is that? Well, after a while, communication, you learn how each other thinks. It took me a while, but I learned when she said a Coke sounds good, that meant, would you go get me a Coke? I learned how she communicated. I learned how she thinks. I know when we're driving down the road, if we're going to pass a McDonald's, it would probably be wise for me, if she hasn't had a Coke today, to take a moment, turn in, and get her one. Why? I know how she thinks. How do I know how she thinks? I know how she thinks because we've been communicating for 27 years. How do I learn how the Lord thinks? We communicate every day. You and I can't have the mind of Christ if we're not in daily communication with Him. Daily fellowship with Him. That's what my place and your place of prayer is. That's what that clause... If you're just looking to hear from God only on Sunday or Wednesday night or the Bible study, you're, that's not going to feed you daily. I've got to be in the Word of God every day. I want to know... This is His thoughts. The written word of God, the logos, the thought, the idea, the plan of God. What am I looking for? I'm reading the word. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to just read it to say I read it. I want to understand how you think about things. When I read the word of God, I want it speaking into my life. So I'm understanding. Ah, that's how he feels about this. That's how. Well, but the world, I don't care what the world says. The word of God says, and that tells me how he thinks about it. But the flower said it right. We believe it cover to cover. I need this word. It was the psalmist that said, order my steps in your word. I believe he could, could have just as been easily been saying, let your word show me how to walk and think. So we need to be in communication in prayer. We need to be in the body of Christ. There is communication in the body of Christ that takes place. There's a flow. There was uh, Brother Flowers, Bishop, and Brother Johnstone and I were, went to Tri-Cities and back the other night. And my spirit was fed going and coming. Because there was communication and exchange in the body of Christ. Yesterday, sitting at a picnic, I was hearing a couple of stories. I, I was privileged to be in a couple of conversations. It was feeding my spirit, communicating in the body of Christ. Begin to learn how he thinks. Now watch. We read those verses in Romans 11. And we are... Uh, Brother Joel read chapter 12, but I want to, that's the continuation. Paul didn't write 16 letters to the church at Romans. He wrote one, but it's got, I think it's 16 chapters. However many chapters it's got. He wrote one letter. Man put the chapters and verses there so that we'd be able to find stuff. Thank the Lord for that. But he was writing one letter. So chapter 11, when he's writing his letter, I'm assuming Paul was left-handed. 
And so when he was writing his letter, he wrote chapter, he just wrote right on through. And so 11 flowed into 12. The letter continued. So you understand he's talking about the unsearchable depths of both the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And who's had the mind of the Lord. And he says, I beseech you, verse 1 of chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. See, he painted this picture of how beautiful it is and how rich the wisdom and the knowledge of God is. And then came the appeal. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, watch. And be not conformed to this world. He could have stopped right there and said a mouthful. Well, he did say a mouthful. But watch. Be not conformed to this world. The world, with its constant bombardment, is trying to get us to conform. Trying to get us to conform. You should do it our way. You should do it this way. It wants us to conform. Not to the word of God. To the God of this world. And Paul is challenging the church challenging us after helping us understand there's something that God has for you. Another place he was writing, he says, who has known the mind of God? But then he answers this question and says, but we have the mind of Christ. And so it starts by purposing, I will not be conformed. Every time I read this verse, I think of jello molds. Not because I like jello. But I remember my aunt, when I was younger and lived with her, she would make jello and she'd use these different shapes and molds so that we could get jello shaped like stars and jello shaped like a bunt, a little bunt cake. And, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jello molds. You know, jello, it's just a bunch of sugar and water and they stir it all up and then pour it in, right? And it makes it, takes the shape of whatever it's dumped into. Right? takes the shape of whatever it's dumped into. That's what I think of when I think of this word conformed. Conformed means I just adjust to the shape of whatever's around me. And Paul was challenging the church, and the Spirit of the Lord is challenging us today. Don't be conformed to the... Don't allow the world to shape your thinking. Don't allow the world to shape your thought... Don't allow the world to shape your opinions. Let the word of God do that. Let the spirit of God tell you how to think. You ever, don't raise your hand. You ever met somebody that said, nobody's going to tell me what to think. Who felt that? Some of y'all have thought that before. I've thought that before. See, that's very contrary to our nature to have someone tell us what to think. That's why the starting in verse 1 is me laying my life on the altar. Because I want him to tell me what to think. I don't want. I do not want to think for myself. I don't. I don't want to think for myself. I'm not talking about walking through life like a vegetable going, okay, God, I'm waiting on the next thought. Do I take a step? You understand? 
I'm talking about all of my thoughts being directed by him, all of my thoughts being influenced by him, all of my actions flowing out of his spirit, directing my life, him telling me what to think, the mind of Christ. It starts by purposing not to be conformed to this world. Now, you can go through your mind. We could make a list this morning. We're not going to make lists. I'm not much for making lists, church especially. You could make a list of all the things that try to get you to conform. I mean, you got up this morning, and unless you walked like with horse blinders on, unless you plugged your ears, if you listened, you, you heard something that was influenced trying to affect how you think. You understand? We live in a place of constant bombardment of our thoughts. And so I need to purpose first and foremost, by the grace of God, I will not be conformed to this world. And I'll encourage you to pray, Lord, any area of my life where my thinking is shaped by the world, where I have conformed to the world, I'm asking you to do a work in my life so that those places of conformation are broken up. I want to be conformed to your image and your thoughts, not this world. Now watch what he says, but he, he goes, be not conformed to this world, that colon there. Then he tells us how this is what we should do. Be transformed. Transformed. It's a Greek word. Many of you know this. You've heard this before. Transformed is the Greek word uh, metamorpho or something like that. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. Any science students in here that remember that word? Some of, you, some of the teenagers are like, oh, man, am I supposed to remember that? We're on summer vacation. Oh, that's not on a test, is it? Right. Remember metamorphosis? Right. It's, the, it's the caterpillar that all of a sudden spins a cocoon around themselves and they're in that cocoon for a while and something's happening inside it. I guess they call it a chrysalis, right? Is that right? I'm going way back in time now trying to pull all this. Woo. The chrysalis, right, in there. And this formation takes place and this caterpillar's in there. And, but something's happening that we do not see. And it's struggling inside. And ultimately it breaks forth. And when it breaks forth, of course, it's not a caterpillar anymore. It's a butterfly. That process from caterpillar to butterfly is called metamorphosis. Some of, you, some of the teenagers are going, that's right, I knew that. Yeah, science. Metamorphosis, that's the Greek word that's used right there, transformed. When Paul is writing and says, but be transformed, be metamorphosized, be changed from what you are into something different. It's a metamorphosis. It's a process that takes place. How does that process take place? It starts in verse 1 there where we read, dying on an altar. Daily laying my life on an altar. Daily going, not my will but yours, Lord. Daily going, your design, not mine, Lord. And so there's this metamorphosis that takes place. How? By the renewing of your mind. Renewing is really an interesting word. The word renewing, I, uh, I was thinking about uh, Carlos Lopez. You can tell him I was talking about him, Lisa. 
I was thinking about, uh, you know, he's a builder. And uh, we needed, we had a bathroom vanity and uh, that we needed to get put in, plumbed, and a wall built in our basement. And so uh, he came and looked at it and was able to get that done for us. And and it, I remember as he was doing it, he, he had a plan, but then he got partway through. And he's like, okay, we got to change because, of, well, the way your washer's on this side. And so we got to change this for this pipe, the way your drain pipe is. We got to move that differently because, you know, otherwise we're going all the way down into the concrete. And we get, we're not doing that, he says. So we got to change how this is going to lay out a little bit. What was he doing? He had to adapt to what was already there. He, I, I remember he told Jose that was helping him work. He said, this is why I like doing new construction. Because new construction, you start with dirt. Blank slate, right? Get the groundwork done, pour a foundation. You determine where everything goes. You've got a plan. You can follow it and build. What we were doing in our basement was called renovation. And renovation means there's a lot of working around stuff. You may, know, you may have an idea of what you're going to do, but the moment you tear behind the walls, you see things that are different than maybe what you planned for. And it's like, hold on a minute, I can't change that because that. And, oh, we can't move this because of that. And we can't do this because... And so renovation, he says, it's just a whole lot more work because you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, Brother Reuben can probably relate to that. He's done some electrical work. I bet, I bet if you ask him, he likes doing new electrical versus renovation. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah. And because somebody just says, oh, no, this is all it is. Just change that. And then you dig into the wall and you're like, oh, no, it's a lot more than you said. This word, the renewing of your mind. You know what that Greek word is? It's where we get our word renovate from. It's Renovation. Without changing the word of God at all, it could literally say, but be ye metamorphosized by the renovation of your mind. Why does he use the word renovation? Because every one of us have already got ways of thinking built in here. And I know this will shock you, but every one of us have wrong ways of thinking built in here. I know I do. Wrong ways of thinking that I need the power and the spirit of God and the grace of God to work in my mind. And so what has he got to do? He's got to renovate. Renovation requires the tearing down of some things. I will submit to you it's not a comfortable and convenient process. Anybody here that likes admitting, you know what, the way I think is wrong? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody gets a lot of joy. I mean, maybe you get joy out of telling other people that. Your thinking's wrong. Your thinking's messed up. But, but I mean, I know we never say that about ourselves, right? Man, my thinking's wrong. No. But so the Lord, when we submit ourselves to Him and we bring ourselves and lay our lives on the altar and say... I want to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect. we got to remember where we started here when Paul was writing. It was about the wisdom and the knowledge of God flowing into our lives and having the mind of God so that we could prove what is the will of God through our lives. 
so that when we live, our life is fulfilling the will of God. And Paul is telling us it's going to happen by a renewing of your mind. It's going to happen by a renovation of your mind, by allowing the spirit of God to come and change how you think so that it's no longer my thoughts and your thoughts, but it's his thoughts that flow through our life. I want that to happen in my life, don't you? I need that to happen in my life. It is a work of his spirit in me and through me and in you and through you. That causes this to take place. Now, God is patient. I am so thankful for that. Aren't you? Peter said it's his long suffering that is salvation to us. Because if it wasn't for his long suffering and the mercies of God, we'd be consumed. But the Lord is wanting to do this work in us to where we are simply vessels that we flow in his way of thoughts. Isaiah said it this way. You can stand with me this morning. It was the prophet Isaiah that said his ways are far above our ways. And his thoughts are far above our thoughts. When I would hear that verse or read that verse as a child, I would always think that just means I'll never be able to understand his thoughts. I'll never be able to know his ways. But that's not true. The desire of God is that you and I would know his thoughts. The desire of God is that you and I would know his ways. And then he would begin to direct our steps. You ever heard of this word? Repentance. Raise your hand if you've heard that word before. Yeah, we've heard that word. Repentance. Repentance is the design of God. Again, the Apostle Paul writing, he said that godly sorrow would work repentance or it would produce repentance. God would bring understanding to us. God would bring things to our our mind and our spirit and our heart and our understanding. And there would be a sorrow that was produced in our life. And this sorrow, when we got how he thinks, when we started to get a vision of how he thinks and his understanding, and we realized, man, my way of thinking was aligned with the world. That brings sorrow for the way I've lived my life or sorrow for some of the choices I made when I was thinking. He said, godly sorrow produces or works repentance. We've heard that. You know what the word repentance means? Literally. In scripture, the literal translation of the word repentance is the changing of one's thinking. It's the literal translation. Look it up in your Blue Letter Bible app under the Greek. Repent. To change one's thinking. Is it any wonder when someone would come to the Lord for the first time that the first admonition of Scripture would be first you must repent. First you must repent. How could I live my life one way, one direction and be so blind to the way I was going 
so blind to the fact that I was going my own way or the way of Satan's direction for my life to destroy me. But then something happens. God in His great mercy and grace sends someone my way or causes a word to come to me and it begins to deal with my heart and all of a sudden I used to think about things a certain way but there's like it's like blindness is removed from my mind. Right, The scripture says, if the gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds, their ability to think. And so what happens is the Spirit of God reaches to you. And the Spirit of God, the first thing He wants to do is shine a light and cause blindness to be removed. When the Apostle Paul was struck down with a light on the road to Damascus, he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. And he said, I've got a calling on your life, Paul. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. And what you're going to do is you're going to preach. And you're going to preach in a way that light shines and the blindness of their mind is removed. That's what God does when He reaches to you. I've watched it happen in your lives, and some of you I see it happening in your life even now, where God is shining, illuminating things, and you're realizing, man, I was, I was thinking wrong about so many things, but all of a sudden it seems like everything's so clear to me. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. That's godly produced repentance. You didn't even realize you were in a place of repentance. But the Spirit of God was dealing with your heart. And in dealing with your heart, He began to affect your ability to think clearly now. You see things about relationships different. You see things about people you know different. You see things about your own life differently. Did you do that because all of a sudden you or I decided to become good? Not a chance. Not a chance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And that repentance is a change of thinking. How often should I repent? Daily. Daily. You say, well, I haven't done anything wrong today. See, that's the... That's the misunderstanding of repentance. Repentance is a place of living and walking. Not an act of just doing one time. I live in a place by the grace of God. You and I live in a place of repentance. Constantly allowing Him to work in mine and your thinking. So that my mind is renewed. Would you reach to Him right now? I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost here this morning. Come on, what's happening in your life is a work of repentance. What's happening in your life, this is the Holy Ghost trying to work with you and I. He's leading us to repentance. And He's wanting to do a renewal of how we think so that the mind of Christ can work and operate in us. I'm opening this altar to you this morning. Would you find a place of prayer and commune with Him? Would you find a place of prayer and talk with Him and let Him talk with you today? Be willing to lay your mind upon the altar. Could you do that today? Say, Lord, I submit my thoughts, my heart, my mind, my spirit to You. I lay it upon the altar today. I pray the renovation, the renovation of my mind according to the Word of God. I pray the renewing, renovation of my mind according to the Word and Spirit and desire of God. You 
how to think, Father. I trust you to direct my thoughts. I trust you to put your mind in me. I trust you to show me, teach me, tell me how and what to think, Father. I trust you. I trust you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this renewal process, this transformation process by the Spirit of God, it will not be just some simple act. It can be a struggle sometimes. Think back to that word metamorphosis and that butterfly before he breaks out is struggling inside that cocoon. And they say that struggling is what produces the growth. I believe in the Spirit of God when we're being transformed by His Spirit. There can be struggle along the journey, but it's the Lord working in us, producing what He wants to produce. It's the renovation process of tearing some things down and building up right things in our mind. Jesus, in your name, I pray the tearing down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought in obedience to the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, so be it, Father. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your thinking be in us. Father, when you change how we think, it will change how we act and how we live. I pray the mind of Christ today.
in the name of Jesus. The scripture says that our minds are are washed by the word of God. They're washed by the word of God. That's why it's so important in our lives. Our minds get filled with so much stuff. Pray with me again right now. Come on, talk to the Lord. I feel the Lord still reaching into some minds this morning. Ilamando robokoshiti amaha. Ilamando robokoshiti atatala bakaha. Ilamando robokoshiti apasete ekitama. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Setolo bokoriataha. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I know what it is to have your mind constantly bombarded. I know what that feels like. through just over three, almost four years of constant bombardment. I would pray and ask God, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's fighting through? I'm reading, I'm trying to, I'm talking with my wife. I talk with Bishop periodically. I'm trying to find out what in the world is like fighting this off, fighting this off. I'm searching my heart. I'm examining my heart. I'm repenting every way I know how. I'm examining every, looking at all the relationships I have in the body. If there's any offense, I, I mean, I'm, and I'm about to go crazy. Feels like battling all this stuff, all this stuff. And the Lord takes us through things or allows us to go through things with purpose. With purpose. Brother Wright made a statement that helped me so much. Because there would be thoughts that would bombard my mind and I knew they weren't true. But the enemy is relentless. And when your mind's getting bombarded, he just, he'll keep coming. You need the armor of God. Scripture says the shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Brother Wright made this statement. He said you can determine the source of a thought by what it produces. You can determine the source of a thought by what it produces. If the thought produces fear, a sure chance, not even chance, a sure thing that's not of God. God will not give you a thought that produces fear in you unless it produces fear of Him. 
a godly fear. He'll bring those thoughts. If it, so the source of the thought is determined by what it produces. So this is what we have to know. Satan is a liar and the father of it. If he speaks, he speaks a lie. And so when a thought would bomb, and so I was literally, when I heard that, what I was literally doing is, Brother Martin, any thought that would come, I'd try to run it through that filter. Okay, what's it make me feel? What's it? And it, if people would have been able to see inside my mind during something, they'd been like, what in the world's going I mean, just this raging stuff. I'll tell you, I... I didn't want to stand up here. I didn't want to hold a microphone. I, I was concerned about conversations with any of you because I didn't even know what was going on. It was so just constant. And I'm like, man, I don't want to say something that whatever's going on here would dare come through my lips. This battle. But the source of a thought is revealed by what it produces. I began running everything through that filter. And I had to learn that's not of God. That's not of God. No, that's not of God. Hear me, how you think about yourself, how you think about how God thinks about you, how you think about how people in the body of Christ think about you. I'm going to say that again. How you think about how people in the body of Christ think about... I'm not saying they think that about you, but I know how the enemy works. The enemy will say, you know what? But the heart thinks this. Let me let you in on something. Satan can't read your thoughts. And he can't read mine either. So he can't come tell you what I think. Now the Lord can read our thoughts. And I want him to. I want him to examine my thoughts. Amen. Praise God. Are you thankful this morning? Praise God. Can we thank him together, Jesus? We receive of your word and the work of your spirit. We receive of your word and the work of your spirit. What you would do and how you would do it, we submit to you today. I pray the leading, the guiding, and the instruction of the Holy Ghost in the hearts and minds of every soul in this room. For the glory of God that we would prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday night.